early 21st century, magic reawakened on Earth, and alongside it, a new human race with orcs, elves, trolls, dwarves, and others. Humanity became metahumanity. As technology proliferated and greatly advanced in the awakened world, global megacorporations seized ever more power, becoming de facto states with their own laws, courts, and armed forces. The corporations attempt to control all aspects of modern life. This has led to a vast and complex criminal underground which works for and against corporate interests. The independent career criminals who do what others can't or won't are called Shadowrunners. The year is 2101. Welcome to Fun City. Previously on Fun City, the team contacts a secretive, combative Vern, who claims to be holed up in an undisclosed location. They meet in the park just south of the PBA HQ, and in a thicket of unfinished infrastructure, Vern drops several whisper quiet bombshells. First, he has only ever known the last line, the well-trained rioters at the Siege of the Chaz, to be online troublemakers, never in-person agitators. The fact Lash had to contend with hackers makes him all the more suspicious. He restates his desire to learn more about who they are, where they get their money, and their marching orders. Vern also gives the team a list of names, the first hard evidence they've seen of claims he made long ago, that biotechnology megacorp Evo is somehow changing the personalities of people who visit them for medical care. He points out an elf named Avilril Kunala, who has somehow been unawakened. Odina calls Lash via Lux to schedule a meeting the next morning. She has apparently learned some things about the Siege of the Chaz. We join the team now, the next morning, getting ready to meet Odina while Lux copies down from his photographic memory the names and details Vern shared with them. It's the next morning on the Mrs. Egg. Uh, you have to meet with Odina in the next, let's say, like two hours. What's everybody up to? Uh, what are you doing? Um, Lux is uh, currently copying down the list um, onto a pe- uh, piece of legal pad, or uh, not even a piece of it. He's sprung for a whole thing, and um, his handwriting isn't great. Well, actually, it's it's beautiful, but it's it's slow because he doesn't write by hand a lot, uh, and um, he's just slowly copying down from memory. He wants to honor what Vern said and trust that Evo has a lot of resource behind you know, just combing through any type of data dump anywhere and finding things digitally. So he wants to just hide this list somewhere very, very private on this, uh, on the ship. Hey Gabe, um, what would be the safest place on this ship to hide a physical list that we really can't have anybody ever find, mm-hmm. even if they were, were looking really, really, really hard and they had welders and stuff and, and everything. When you say welders, like, what do you mean? Like, I, I don't know. I'm not trying to defend against a certain type of welder, but I, I just mean, like, really, really secure. Because <laughs> Gabe was ready to be like, well, I mean, if you want to hide it behind a panel and you don't want them to be able to get it if they have this kind of... Um, you got your yeah, TIG, you got your MIG. You got your, yeah, you got your MIG. Uh, well, if it's an arc welder, that's one thing. But, uh, yeah, he's... Uh, he's uh, uh, are you, like, in the galley or something? Yes. He's standing in the galley. He's wearing his mechanics uniform. He's just been like working on some stuff on the boat, uh, giving Artemis a little bit of a tune up. And uh, he points at the thing that uh, you're holding the the legal pad. And he's like, you need to. Hide. It's just this. It's just this thing. Yes. Yeah. I got 
the perfect place. Do you want to know where it is or do you want me to just take it and hide it? No, I need to know where it is. All right. Come with me. And uh, he leaves the galley. Lux follows. Uh, he takes you to uh, his quarters. Uh, he opens up the door. Uh, it's like the big, heavy, hatched door. And you're in uh, Gabe's room with all of the clothes and all of the very well-organized tools in boxes and shelves, uh, all sort of like lined up. Uh, it's cramped, but it's very well-organized. And he goes to about a, a midpoint uh, in his room to the right and moves this curtain aside uh, that's just drawn over something. And when he pulls it aside, you see that he is revealing uh, a very bright UV light. Uh, and the very bright UV light is shining straight down into a terrarium where there is a giant snake. <laughs> <laughs> And he he reaches down and he says, okay, Daisy, all right, okay, hold on, hold on. And he pulls out this huge snake uh, and he just, he's like, here, uh, just hold, here, she's, she's friendly, just hold this. And he, he just hands you this snake. Lux just extends his arm. He doesn't move his face at all. He's got a very like, okay, um, kind of look on his face. Not pleased at all, but patient. And uh, as you're holding the snake, uh, Gabe trades you. He takes he takes the legal pad from you and he puts his hand uh, inside, uh, like in the, the sort of crevice of a fake rock that's in this snake terrarium. And he pulls it up and you see the whole thing comes up in one big piece. And uh, there's just like a metal plate. And Gabe puts uh, his wrist next to the terrarium and you hear a light beep and a door slides open uh, in the bottom of the terrarium, uh, sort of automatically recedes into the other side of this huge tank. And like there's stuff in there, uh, like, you know, if you sort of crane your neck a little bit, you can see uh, small vials, what looks like maybe bullets like you, you can't really tell. It's someone's stash of some kind. And he just kind of mm. like wiggles this pad in there underneath everything closes it puts his wrist up against it again beeps puts the terrarium back and he takes the snake from you and puts it back in there and he's like all right no one's gonna look in there it's it's safe okay so i just i just need to do that every time i need the uh the pad i think i need to do that every time <laughs> you need the pad yeah yeah i agree okay well i don't think i'll need it much but thank you gabe i appreciate it yeah of course yeah you just let me know okay also I don't know that we've really had this conversation. I, I don't know if, if you're sore about this, but like, sorry about the kidnapping. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's just that's the job. I, you know, not the first time. Definitely. Like if I had known, I, you know, I would have yeah. like, I know we, you know, we talked about this a little bit, but like, I just want to be clear, like. I I feel a little responsible. I invited you. No, I know I Gabe, know those no. kids. No, <laughs> you know, I look, thought, you know, Gabe, you would have to invite me to an event with no Shadowrunners at all for anything different to have happened or me to expect anything different. Gabe, don't even worry about it, all right? It was actually a very comfortable bed. I, <laughs> I had a really nice night's sleep and then I pretty much got out right after. So, you know, in terms of kidnappings, this was a good one. Okay? I hope this doesn't color your opinion of Kirk at all. Oh, no, she's great. She's great, yeah. No, yeah. Great. I just, I'm glad I got, we didn't have to deal with the Listen, you don't have to tell me anything that you don't want to. I get, he would yeah, have mutilated yeah, I get. us and did many <laughs> But, um, you know, Avoiding that, uh, I'm good. Yeah, hey, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, what's what's on the pad? Can I ask? Well, you don't have to... 
Yeah, we're we're walking on the way back to the galley. Yeah. Well, that is actually a list of all the known people, um, known by Vern, who were in or connected to the NYPD that went to Evo for some type of medical treatment, rehabilitation, or something. Um, I believe that some of them had very minor things they went in for, but there's just a, a wide gamut of reasons they went to Evo, and they were noted for some reason, um, including behavioral changes, you name it. Um, just they went in one way, went out a different way, don't remember things or whatever it is. Um, so they're all pe- persons of interest in uh, understanding exactly what's going on at Evo. Hmm. Whoa. Yeah. You gonna like talk to him or? Well, that's the thing, and and they get to the galley here. Um, Viv is pacing back and forth outside, uh, outside the door of the galley, and equivalent to um, you know like a nervous uh, a tick of smoking, chain smoking. It's um, seaweed face masks. She is. <laughs> She's plastering a third one over her forehead. They're like layered and she's just patting them down and like she is a little freaked out. Like she wouldn't she wouldn't she wouldn't take my magic away. She she wouldn't. She wouldn't, <laughs> would she? Mother wouldn't. And then um you can audibly hear from her her conch shells on her ears, you can hear like some really loud Enya. <laughs> or like post, post, post Enya. Yeah. Whatever oh, yeah. that is. Triple post Enya. Triple post yeah. Enya. Listening to the most relaxing possible music as, as loud as, loud as, as you possible. Can. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's just, she's just kind of uh, patting her face and I need to take care. 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 And then she sits down very gruffly in the, in the galley. <laughs> Gabe is like, Viv, what's going on? You you look like you haven't seen a ghost. <laughs> I didn't sleep last night. We also found out that at least one of the people on the list went into Evo, quote unquote, treatment as a mage. And they came out. Without. 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 They came out without magic. What? Yeah. I didn't even know that was possible. Me. I didn't either. Either. And she's uh, really doing the piano fingers underneath her eyes, like <laughs> really massaging that serum into her face. Gabe takes a really, really long sip of his soy calf. Lash is already in the galley, uh, pouring a bit of Gatorade into her coffee, as she does. And she <laughs> offers to uh, Viv, you need, you need a shot of this? It's, it's a blue Gatorade. Oh, no, 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 no more caffeine on top of this energy that I had. This bad, bad energy. I think it might be fire energy. I'm not really sure. Ugh. Anyway, Blux, I'm going to need a couple of these. And she is grabbing for the many baguettes that Lux has on display and putting them into a large tote bag. Oh, yeah, no no problem. Those are for everyone. What do you need those for? Uh, for Odna. And the Chaz, oh. we burned all our food down. It's the least we could do. <laughs> TK walks in. What are you doing with those breads? For the Chaz. Remember, we well, we didn't burn their food down. We flooded, we flooded their garden. If you I remember. didn't do that. Well, I did that. I definitely did that. <laughs> that was definitely someone else's fault, for sure. You wouldn't have been doing stuff with the sprinklers 
if it weren't for the guys who were trying to kill us. You know, it's fine. It's fine. But the, I think what would be worse if, is if we brought them bread with blow darts. You remember the last time we tried this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want to check the bread. We can just pick something up on the way. That's a good call. Well, I mean, I'm, I made the bread, and there's no blow darts in, in those breads. Are you sure? Um, <laughs> Gabe is like, oh, yeah, that reminds me. And he reaches into one of the pockets on his flight suit that he's wearing, and he uh, looks at you, Lux, and he says, I, uh, I found this in a bull, and it's a cufflink. Oh, God. Um, anyone have a uh, metal detector? Sorry. Do we have a metal detector on Gabe, Gabe, we got one on the ship? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, maybe we should just go out and get some new breads. <laughs> yeah, new, I think new bread is probably... Okay, these are perfectly good. And uh, well, why don't you take a bite? Why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you just have 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 a? I'd be happy to take a bite. I'd be happy to take a bite. (laughs) Uh, Roll it. Roll a d six. PK. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) I hope I I have all my teeth after this roll. (laughs) Two. Oh, no hits. Two. You got a two? Okay, yeah, I was just you had a one in six oh, yeah. chance. If you rolled a one, there was gonna oh, be yeah. some foreign object in there. <laughs> yeah, it's, okay, uh, good. it's it's pretty good actually. Yeah, yeah, he's he's gotten okay. Um so he chooses it, smiling at TK the whole time. <laughs> Give me that. TK takes a bite. It's good. <laughs> What's the game plan today? Well, if you'll all check your calendars, we have a meeting with Odna that I set up. Yes. Lux, don't get jealous. I set up the meeting between us and Odna at the Chaz in about, oh, it looks like two hours. So I'm thinking we go, we pick up a couple of things for her and the Chaz, you know, just to kind of, that's, that's, that's how I am when I set up meetings. I bring a little something for everyone. Okay. But um, <laughs> when we get back, guys, I want your help with um, the list and how we get started on that. Yes, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, have you uh, have you been able to make any kind of connections or anything like that? Or well, I mean, one thing I want to say right off the bat is that we we have to assume that Evo has these people monitored. I don't know if these people are chipped or or something. I wouldn't put it past them. But if we're gonna speak to anyone, it needs to be next of kin or people close to them that can a report strange behavior because we we need evidence here, guys. We and um, Lux takes a breath to calm down. We need hard evidence. We can't contact these people directly, at least at first. And we need whoever we deal with and talk to directly about this to understand the danger present and that they need to be absolutely, completely hush about everything they say to us, everything that, everything they suspect about the person that went in. Yeah, we need to take the highest level of precaution here moving forward in any direct contact with anyone even tangentially related to these people on this list. Um, I think the first step though, will be a big digital download and sweep. If I could get lash and TK and in particular help on this. Um, and I also have contacts that I can maybe get help with, um, or help from, but yeah, I think those are probably first steps, but I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know what I'm doing here. So I, I don't know. Let's see what we find out from Odina. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of want to know what she has to say to us anyway. You got it, Lux. Lux, I can tell that this is very important to you. If you need a secretive search 
think of me as the most secretive person you have ever thought of. And Lash is like down on one knee next to Lox, who's sitting on a chair, being as earnest as she could be. Thank you, Lash. I, I appreciate that. Given real youth pastor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got it. Okay, well, I'll go take this off. And Viv goes to go wash her face. Lash is sending a pin to everyone's comm link saying, well, I'm noticing that there is this uh, little little farmer's market uh, situation on our way to the Chaz, so I uh, figure we could stop there to pick up a few things. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, what are you thinking? What do you have in mind? I feel like we should plan because every time we don't plan, something goes wrong and, uh, you know. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm thinking, you know. We don't, I don't think we need a plan. All right, what could go wrong here? All right, we're just going to okay. get a couple of breakfast things. <laughs> okay. Right, let's just go get them, and it's fine. Odin and I will appreciate whatever we bring. Well, I mean, this is Lash's idea. So, Shannon, if you want to take us to the farmer's market, please, by all means, take us to the farmer's market. Okay. So You can, you, you can you be DM for a sec and tell us what the farmer's market's like. So they get in Henley, and... Uh, Lash lets TK choose the music. TK generously passes the ox, metaphorically speaking, to Lux, because he was wrong about the bread. Oh, <laughs> very nice. Uh, Lux just searches bread songs and plays the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> Have he's fun the, with that. He's the guitar man. I know bread songs. It's a great All band. Right. Y'all know bread? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah come on. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I know, I'm thinking that Lux is searching bread songs in his music library, which we have previously established, is entirely doo-wop revival Korean boy bands. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what And they would have a bread song, I think. I think so. Buy My Best Girl, a slice of bread kind of stuff. I yeah. think that could, yeah. yeah. So heartwarming. So from a simpler time. Definitely. Yeah, you you cruise across Manhattan uh, to uh, wherever. Yeah, where where is this farmers market, and what do you want to get there? Um, it's located exactly where uh, Union Square once stood. Union Square is now like a. It's sort of like Grand Central Station in that it is a traffic free, a fully traffic free area, and Union Square is now more of a park than it used to be. It's sort of like Union Square and Madison Square Park all like have sort of joined, uh, and there's just uh, uninterrupted greenery there. So we hop out of Henley and have Henley Circle as I take us all towards the Farmer's Market, which is a gorgeous little... It looks like almost like a spontaneous pop of, of people just bringing their goods, but it's actually highly well organized and it's actually really hard to sell your stuff there. Um, you actually have to go through a lot of processes and you kind of have to know someone in order to get a booth there. And um, yeah, and she starts sending everyone their kind of like what they're in charge of. So she sends Viv, you're in, you're in charge of Bev's. Hey, beverages. She sends to Lux that he's in, he's in charge of, of, of breads and carbs since, you know, he's, he's the bread guy. Um, yes. And then, um, and she sends TK. She, 
TK's in charge of protein because gains. Gains. <laughs> and um, I decide that I am in charge of getting a little bit of decor, some like nicety. So she's going to go over to the to the flower section. That rules. What does everyone find? Viv finds a Bloody Mary uh, vendor. Yes. Bloody Mary mix. TK goes to the local butcher stall and he's uh, just walks around it a couple times just looking at the wares. He's, he's thinking really hard because there's a lot of steaks. You know, you, steak and eggs, that could be pretty good. <laughs> thinking like, I don't know. There's like, there's, there's all this, like there's soy protein here too. There's all this, there's all this stuff here. I think he goes with a soy breakfast sausage. Ooh, nice. Because it's like nutritious and also presumably at this point in the future, delicious. I mean, soy breakfast sausage like right now is really good. So, pretty good. Okay, you know, it's pretty yeah. good. But I can okay. only assume soy technology gets better, you know? True. You guys made a face that made me think that my take on soy sausages is wrong. They're not great. <laughs> There's dude. no They're wrong, Mike. I don't There's love only them. bad and no you're wrong. bad. look they're in proximity to fine and i think that's beautiful okay great that's what the song's about close to fine (laughs) uh lux um has a bread uh, lady she's a very talented baker he always is trying to get tips and stuff she is very patient with him and she does try to answer his questions she always wants to say you just have to do it for a long time before you're good at it you can't just there's no tip or trick that will make you bake like me. Um, but she doesn't say that. She does try to, she always tries to give him good advice. So um, he's there talking with her and he ends up getting a bunch of um, bagels and spreads and uh, one donut for each of them of a different oh. flavor. Oh, yeah. that is nice. Um, and Lash uh, comes back with two huge hand. I mean, remember, Lash has gigantic arms. And they're both kind of like to the brim, um, holding two huge stacks of baby's breath. (laughs) 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 Just giant. Just a huge. huge. I can't even conceive of how many of those that would be. It's a lot. lot. That's a lot. And she spent a lot of money on this. For... Uh, yeah, Lux, you get an alert. Your, your bank is like, was this you? Yeah. Um, Lux walks back to meet them. Are you guys all back at the meeting mm-hmm. point? Yeah. Um, so Lux looks around. He's got his beautiful couple of boxes of foods that you could readily eat as is. There's spreads. He's got utensils. He's got napkins. He looks over. He sees Viv has a loose bottle of of uh, room temperature, <laughs> Bloody Mary mix, no mixer, no vodka. No, no vodka. No glass, There's no, no vodka. Ice. He sees Lash with a big hand bunch of <laughs> baby's breath, no vase, no paper around the bottom, <laughs> no bow, nothing. Uh, he sees TK. It's loose, frozen breakfast sausages, no pa- like no way of cooking these things. And he goes, we should have had a plan. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Lash is looking at everyone, got this is perfect. I couldn't have planned for a better trio of foods with flowers. Ugh, this is great. Also, they don't have food there anymore. (laughs) Okay, maybe groceries is what they need. Uh, Let's go. (laughs) We pile back into Henley. Hey, 
friends, it's me, Shannon, from the podcast. Not, not, not another Shannon that maybe you know from like high school or like hanging out at the beach or something. Shannon from the podcast. And I am here because I am delivering a message to you, to your ears. And it has to do with, that's right, Fun City t-shirts. We have t-shirts. They are here and you have just a limited amount of time to get your hands on them. They are only available until March 30th. So you're going to want to run. Well, I don't know where you are, but say you are down your street. You're right now. You're just like down the street, kicking a ball against the wall. As you listen to the podcast, you're going to run a run back to your apartment where your Dell lab, your Dell desktop computer is. And you're going to want to log into that Dell desktop computer and you're going to go to cottonbureau.com slash a bunch of things. It's linked in the show notes and buy yourself a t-shirt. It's an amazing t-shirt. Olivia Gulen designed it. I can't stop talking about how cool this t-shirt is. I mean, and why would you want this t-shirt? Because, because guess what? Guess what? One day you're going to wake up and you're going to say, I, I would like to wear a shirt, but I want that shirt to show what podcast I listen to. And that is the day you're going to want to wear this t-shirt. So please, please, please. Run, run back to your apartment. Look both ways for oncoming traffic. Okay, don't forget about that. And and get your get your hands on a t-shirt because it's nice. And we're all gonna wear them together on um, National uh, Wear Your Favorite Podcast T-shirt Day that is being added to the calendar as we speak. I am personally lobbying for that day to the governments of all the world. Um, so uh, yeah, get that get that T-shirt. Uh, love you all. See you on T-shirt day. Bye-bye. You get out of Henley in front of this uh, large gate uh, that is the entry to the campus that you all now know intimately. Uh, you know exactly how much torque is behind the uh, the doors that close <laughs> in this gate. You have seen it open and close many times. You know what the motors sound like when they're in operation. Yeah, very familiar to you. Uh, Henley goes off to circle and uh, you head to the lobby uh, of the front section of the Chaz, uh, the Carnegie Hall portion uh, of the Arcology, uh, which is where Odina told you to meet. You go through again into the lobby that you were in when you started your tour, and uh, Odina is there uh, on those steps uh, that you saw Crystal walk down waiting for you. Uh, you are right on time, uh, and she sees you, and she says, Ah, very punctual. Thank you all for coming. It's very nice to see you again. And let me say again, thank you for everything you did. Lash, do you need a bag for those? <laughs> oh, nah. It is so great to see you as Lash takes the two handfuls of baby's breath and is is gesturing towards Odna as if to hand them to her. We've I want to remind you how small <laughs> Odna is. <laughs> We've come. We figured you might need some groceries, some nice flowers. We come bearing gifts. That is, uh, this is through the flowers, maybe? So perhaps <laughs> a little muffled? <laughs> She's like, that is very kind of you, and I really appreciate that. Thank you. 
is now still a good time for us to meet? Do you all need to eat breakfast or might we get started? Oh, meat? I have some right here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we brought a few things for breakfast. Some of them do require some attention before we can enjoy them. Uh, But these uh, donuts and uh, and bagels, um, we can eat um, as we uh, talk. Oh, fabulous. That's great. I would love to enjoy these with you as we discuss uh, some of the things that we've learned uh, over the last couple days about, she takes a deep breath, the night that you were here. I hope you don't mind. Um, I didn't mention it in the call, but uh, Thistle will be joining us for our meeting. Is that okay with you? Oh, yes. Great. Follow me. Lash, she hands half of the the baby's (laughs) breath back to you. Lash Um, takes it. Actually, she probably hands like three quarters of it yeah, back to you. Yeah, She's yeah. holding a, a bundle that for her is huge. And she walks back out the door uh, that uh, you left at the beginning of your uh, tour uh, back out into the, the sort of walled portion of the interior of the campus. And she's taking you down some pathways that you haven't been down before. And uh, she walks into uh, a building that you don't know. And she takes you up some stairs and down some of these same kind of like anodyne, uh, almost convention center-esque hallways. Uh, You get the sense that you're in some sort of like maybe executive center, some business zone. There are a lot of offices around. You see people in suits. Um, You hear people talking, uh, uh, you know, you overhear conversations here and there, people talking about things that need repairing, um, about how they are going to deal with security, what their, you know, what their messaging is going to be over the next couple weeks. Uh, so you're very much still in the wake of what happened uh, the other night. Like this is still the thing that most people here are dealing with the repercussions of. And uh, Odina takes you um, into uh, what looks like a, a kind of like a meeting room. Um, it is almost like a boardroom. There's no windows in here. It's uh, kind of oval shaped, uh, like kind of oblong. It's almost like a tall egg shape. Uh, And at one far end, there's a curved screen on the wall. And sitting in front of that screen is a tiny um, black haired, short haired uh, person who you recognize as Thistle, uh, finally conscious, sort of black and blue, uh, you know, like you, but no visible bandages. Uh, You also see just an absolutely massive snack spread in the middle of the table (laughs) that's just like cheese, honey, meats, nuts, fruits, tiny finger sandwiches. Uh, There's like jugs of soy calf. There's fresh squeezed orange juice. Oh, God. And uh, when you walk in, um, Odina does not mention it at all. And she puts the baby's breath in an empty vase that's on the the side uh, of the room. And there's, uh, yeah, it's like a big oval table right in the middle uh, of this oval room. Uh, and uh, she gestures to for everybody to sit. She says, please, please have a seat, make yourself comfortable. And she goes over to the side and she pulls out a napkin and she spreads the napkin out. And then Lux, she starts taking bagels out of the uh, bag that you're holding and putting them on the napkin that she spread on the table. <laughs> when Lash sees the spread she doesn't say anything her heart sinks a little bit but then she does a quick scan of the room and notices there's not a baby's breath to be seen so she's feeling actually pretty good where does Lash put all the extra baby's breath 
um, she she puts a bunch like around the table. She's she's thinking that it looks nice, and then for the rest, she kind of like just it's a feast. Yeah, the rest she kind of yeah. just puts under her seat. <laughs> Odina sits down and she reaches into the snack spread that's in front of her, and she pulls out a. A paper napkin and she unfolds it and she reaches over to the pile of bagels that she's made and she takes one of the bagels and she breaks it in half and she starts sort of ripping it into little pieces while she's talking you all have met just in very different circumstances so everybody um this is thistle our uh, resident uh, security spider uh, thistle this is the group of shadow runners that i told you about um, lash was the one who was operating the building um while you were unconscious i, I don't know how much of this you remember from the end of the night so uh, now i hope you all feel acquainted I will say to both of you, um, I trust Thistle greatly. Thistle, this group of people has done nothing but demonstrate uh, that they are on our side. Uh, so whatever trust you might lack in them, um, I hope maybe you can find it in my endorsement. If nobody has any questions or concerns, I'd like to get started if that's okay. Go right ahead. Uh, TK reaches for uh, the biggest donut. Um, Odina looks at all of you uh, and she says... I would like to first register officially my desire to hire you, to employ your services, to find out uh, who these men who showed up uh, here in the blue suits are. Where did they come from? Where do they get their money? And I think the thing that we are the most curious about is how big of a hand did the NYPD and even the union, which I think is something that you might know, have in sending them here, uh, because this is very important for us to know for obvious reasons. We're trying to position ourselves, um, you know, as an alternative to what is happening in the city. And if we know that we are under direct attack by people who are negotiating for contracts in the city, then we have something that we can we, we can position ourselves against. We have talking points. We have, um, you know, we just we have a leg to stand on. Does that make sense? Um, and is that a job that you all would be willing to take? First of all, this means you like us. Right, I think she's right. <laughs> Do you? Is that true? Can you confirm? Odina is eating like she's torn the bagel up into many, many, many bite-sized pieces. And she's just <laughs> slowly eating these tiny pieces as you're talking. And uh, when you say this, she doesn't answer, but she does smile and she nods a little bit. <laughs> uh-huh. She says, I think that we are in a position where we can each help one another. And I look forward to our relationship growing ever more mutually beneficial. She really likes yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, that makes perfect sense. And it actually happens to be a job that we are already on. She looks confused. <laughs> yes. Odina uh, Vern um, has hired us to do the same job. Now, I personally, can't, I can't speak for the team, but I personally would would offer to not do the job for Vern and cut ties with him and um, say to myself and to you and to all of us here that there is a chance that the union can be involved with this. Here's why I don't want to. And I'd like to continue doing the job for him as well as you. He is actually proven to be a reliable partner and a great source of information. Now, if the union is, at a, is in any way involved, 
any information that we share with him, he'll already know. It stands to reason. But if we ha- happen to catch him in a lie, if he gives us a piece, piece of information that we find out isn't true, we can disclose that to you and we can be, um, you know, play that close to the uh, to the vest and try to find out exactly what Vern knows and use him as an information source. So that's what I would say about this. Obviously, I'm not the only one to decide. I think the rest of the team does uh, as well. Um, but I wanted to tell you that um, up front. She looks at all of the rest of you and doesn't say anything. Lash goes, yeah, exactly. I think all of us here, we didn't love what happened here the other day. And I would say we took it a little bit personally. At least I did. So I personally would love to get to the bottom of what the heck went down. And any way that we can use the information that we already have or the connections that we have with Vern, I think that's a great way to go about it. As she takes a giant bite of bagel. Oh, no, I hope you can see how, how mad Lash is. I like seeing that, so I'm also in. Yeah, I, I think it's also just maybe a, a worthwhile to, to make a point about how little good it would do Vern to lie to us about this. Um, just so you know, Vern is very concerned about this as well. He knows about the what he calls the gold bands or more formally the last line and wants us to get to the bottom of this as well. I can't think of any reason why he would lie uh, about this. Obviously, if he's in the know, he doesn't need to hire people to find information. He may be wanting to see if people could find this out, but he would also know enough about us to know that if we found out that it was the union's doing and his, we wouldn't go marching straight up to him with our hands outstretched saying, Vern, we figured out it was you. He would, I, I think, assume that we would not disclose that we know it's it's him to him. So he's kind of living in, an, uh, in a space without information there. So I don't know exactly what his angle would be, um, but perhaps if you could think of something we should be aware of or... Um, you know, regarding the union, then maybe there's a reason why we don't want to speak with Vern or the like. Odina looks at Viv and says, Vivian, how do you feel about playing both sides? I feel uncomfortable, but we have other issues that we are dealing with that investigating this would help us along. Odina knows to not pry, so she's not going to say anything. Um, she looks at all of you. She looks at Lux. She looks at Lash and Thistle's like sort of tapping along, uh, on a, um, keypad that you can't see. Uh, you know, her hands are just kind of moving in the air. A beat passes and Odina looks at Lux and says, so the union didn't send them here. We don't know that. The only thing I will say is that he did send us here the exact date and time almost um that this all happened okay um so that is the only thing point of suspicion that we we had at all we do not know to what end that would be for Vern to have us here i'll be up front i mean the only thing i could possibly think that Vern would get out of being duplicitous about this and and having us involved you know, why, why would he want people looking into to something that implicates him is 
for us to be a, a channel of information about you and the Chaz to him. And so he wants to maintain our relationship. He thinks that it's hidden well enough that we won't ever find this out, but he'll, he'll try to back channel information about you, the, the leaders of the Chaz and the Chaz itself to him. And I can only say that we're not interested in doing that. He's, he hasn't told us any detailed terms of getting that type of information. If he ever does, then, then we will view that as suspicious and we, at least I won't do that. So, um, that's what I will say about that. Um, Odina is like, she's talking to you and she looks really confused and you can't really tell what it's like a very general kind of not nonplussed look. And she says, uh, she, she just rolled to, like judge your intentions basically mm-hmm. like you know she's like kind of get her trying to get a read on you um sure. i'm gonna i'm assuming that you're not trying to lie that like you are you know i mean i have privileged yeah. information as the dm like you are saying things that are commensurate with your experience in the world um but like yeah yeah i think lux thinks and maybe this isn't great thinking but i think lux thinks that ending the job with Vern and cutting Vern off could be a serious point of of um like they would be losing an information source that could be relevant and useful after all he did give us yeah um, Mm -hmm. you know he already did give us information and um and and everything so you know more you know a back channel to certain files on police that he knows of and things like that is an option with Vern. it's not an option if we say Vern, we don't trust you by odina odina says she looks at you and she says lux i uh she rolled 10 hits by the way um, <laughs> uh yeah just to check just to see just to yes. see how good yeah you gotta check <laughs> she yeah. a big girl yeah I, I mean she had set two meetings with you where she could not get a read on you so <laughs> she she has a past of being very disarmed by y- you specifically um <laughs> she says lux i um really appreciate how forthcoming you are with this um, and it makes me feel like it's a good choice for us to work together. It's very surprising and somewhat confusing to me to hear that Vern is as interested in these people as we are. And it makes me suspicious, but it is my nature to be suspicious of people like Vern. So I'm going to try to ignore that. And I think you're right. I think that it would raise more questions and it would cause more trouble than it would solve problems if you were to get on your comm and tell Vern that you were no longer interested in working with him. So if all of you are comfortable with it and you think that there are dividends to be paid, then I agree. I think we can maybe put some of the NYPD's, uh, at least the, the Benevolence Association's resources to work solving problems for now that are of interest to both of our organizations. Um, I think my additional ask will now be my assumption was that the answer to the first questions that I asked, who are these people? How do they get their money? Who's organizing them would in some way be internal to the NYPD, a structure, Mm -hmm. which I understand very well, having worked in municipal law for as long as I have. If it's not, I want to know who I want to know what their organizational structure is. I want to know who's in charge. I want to know who has the ideas, who manages their hearth page. Who are these people? Where did the money come from? Who gets to spend it? I thought that I would know the answers to these questions because I thought that the chips would fall in front of 
some municipal organization that I'm familiar with, but it sounds like if Vern is not lying, that won't be the case. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what Vern wants to know as well. I, I'll tell you this. Vern is worried about a PR problem. Odina laughs. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if you've seen the numbers, but yeah, people's public perception of the NYPD is all, at all time lows. He wants to oh, get the contract mm. back to police the city. Um, I don't think he sees a way forward um, if this stuff continues to happen. Um, and if he can't, you know, I guess vivisect, you know, uh, or remove that part of the police. I don't know if that's something that can happen. I have no idea, but I think he wants to know who are the bad actors in, in his organization and he wants to get rid of them or deal with them somehow. She's shaking her head. Vern is naive and he does not understand that his organization does not harbor these people. It creates them. Yeah, I mean, that. It, well, that's why I phrased it as I did. It's a PR problem for him. I think that if he really was worried about extremists within his group, this wouldn't, it wouldn't take a PR problem for him to try to be addressing it, right? Um, so I agree with you, but I'm just telling you why I think it does make sense for him to, to try to get to the bottom uh, of this. I don't know, because, you know, right now where we are, I don't think... Lone Star is any better. I don't uh, think Knight Errant's any better. Um, Which actually brings us, in a way, to um, the next point, or the next, um, maybe, question that I have. Uh, she's like got a sort of confused look on her face. She's holding up a, a piece of small bagel in her hand, and uh, she, she sort of looks at the bag that she unpacked. She said, did you, um, is there cream cheese? Yes, we have uh, three different types of cream cheese and uh, and um, uh, three other spreads as well. Non-tofu-based non uh, cream cheese uh, spreads as well. Uh, Odina looks in the bag and takes out whatever the first one is. And if you look closely, you will see that there is, in fact, cream cheese already on the table. It was just her cream <laughs> cheese. Um, <laughs> she looks at Thistle after um, finishing her small piece of bagel. And she says, um, Thistle, are, uh, are you ready? Uh, Thistle nods and says, yeah. Okay, yeah, I can be ready. And um, taps a little bit, and the curved screen that's behind her lights up. And it is very familiar to you. Uh, it immediately is um, one of the cameras that you saw in the array of screens in uh, the server room in the, like, the Nexus, like the security Nexus. Uh, and Thistle explains, uh, she goes, So, as you know, uh, the Arcology is covered in surveillance equipment. And I've been going through everything, uh, through all the security footage, and uh, I actually, I managed to find the moment where Franco Murphy got shot. And you see all of the, you see like just hours and hours of security footage for that evening zip by. Like fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. People coming and going. The crowd, you know, Lone Star uh, is there the whole time. Uh, a, a few more of them show up. And then you even see like you guys come in like little blips, just like. Uh, you see all of the striking NYPD show up. You see now like individual gold armbands in the crowd. And you think like, oh, fuck, how did I miss? Like there they are. They were there at the whole time from the beginning. And then you see, right, it starts to slow down. And then you see zap, bang, a sort of red mist. 
and then the crowd just sort of like erupts Ugh. and it becomes you know it's like um it's like watching doppler radar of a twister uh from above it's just like spinning swirling groups of people just on mass like and it just expands and like tentacles out into uh the uh, the interior of the chaz and it like stops and then it rewinds a little bit. Thistle's making these actions in the air. She's using some, you know, she's got some some sort of setup that allows her to control this sort of minority report style. And it goes back. You see the red mist. And then it condenses and it condenses and it condenses and it becomes a human head. Um, and TK takes a huge bite of his fucking donut. Viv puts down the food she was eating. <laughs> oh. Uh, Odina, Odina pours everyone glasses of water. Um, and TK's like, yo, you got any coffee? <laughs> the frame moves. The frame shifts. It uh, sort of slides left and it zooms in and it starts zooming in to a group of bodies. And they're, they're Lone Star. And you can see there, it's exactly as Taylor described. They're in formation. They're holding these shields these riot shields that are made up to look like basically barn doors but you know that they are ultra light super impact resistant padded um uh, shields and there those guys are up front and behind them there is a line of lone star officers with uh, laser rifles and thistle does a couple things in the air and this dark grainy photo just becomes immediately like high res do you see this very very clear image of a man just the guy that's this you know, it's like young guy in his like maybe in his 20s and she says uh, okay so as far as we can tell it was this guy and we actually know who he is this is miko jurdovich or, or maybe gurdovich uh here um, just watch this and she starts stepping through the frames of the video. And it's picture in picture now. It's the larger frame is what you saw before of security footage of the, the wide area seeing everything. In the bottom left-hand corner, there's the close-up of this young guy. Frame by frame, you see the standoff. You see people arriving. You see this large potato like stand up and start to talk. And you see the bazap go off. The whole time before the zap, Miko aimed, steady, just flat-browed, open eyes, like no, not giving anything. The gun is steady, his hands aren't moving, and then she goes to the frame where the gun fires, frame where you see the red mist. And two frames later, three frames later, and you see Miko's face start to contort into this grimace. His eyes widen and his lips turn down. And you can see that when the gun goes off, he just looks aghast. He's shocked. He has no idea what has just happened. And you see she then plays. She keeps going through the frames and she's going faster now. So you can watch it almost like it's full motion movie. And you see the green readout on the back of his laser rifle go dark. You see him fiddle with some buttons on the side and you see the tip of it start to glow orange, which you would know is the sign that's used that the gun has been disarmed and turned off. And then you see him stand up and he 
turns and he's talking to someone and they look confused and then they're just enveloped by this crowd. They and like you cannot see them anymore. You lose him, you lose the gun. And Thistle says, and then uh, we we, we kind of lose track of him over the night. Uh, no idea where he went. No idea where his gun is. But we we did some digging. He's a young guy. He's 22. He served in the California Free State Army up until uh, like a year ago, a uh, year and a half ago. And he, he stayed on there after his mandatory service. And then when he finished, he moved to Texas. He took up with Lone Star there like a year ago. They sent him here last month we managed to get a hold of some of his bona fides some of his employment records the the free state makes some of that stuff available because it's considered public record you know and he's got no disciplinary record he's never been desked Uh, he's not on he doesn't have any crb complaints against him he has extremely high marks in all of his compliance reviews apparently he's an extremely good shot there is nothing here to suggest that he would just kill someone like this yeah, Viv is looking up at the screen. She puts her chin on her fist on the table and is examining this person's face because she's seen this so many times when she controls actions. Mm. But she has no way of knowing without uh, being there or uh, assessing. Viv has a hunch. Is what yeah, she has a hunch. Yeah. She has a, a theory, but she's just looking. She hasn't said anything to anyone yet. Lux is kind of replaying it in his head, and I just he just wanted to make sure this is right. Miko is holding his rifle pointed at someone, like just sustained pointing, and 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 then it goes off, or the rifle is down in in some sort of uh position, either you know, say for gun barrels would be down at the ground or, or up at the sky, and then he goes to move it into positions, shoulders. And then he's surprised by by the fire. Which this is, is a really good question. Um, Miko, like, yeah. as far as you can tell uh, from the wide angle footage, mm-hmm. most of the other Lone Star riflemen uh, alongside him has his gun on the person who is about to speak. Oh, okay. So they're all aiming. Okay. Yes. I see. And Miko is just another one of the Lone Star gunmen who was was aiming as well. Okay. All right. That makes sense. I mean, not exactly like not, not aiming. Yeah. (laughs) The standard. Well, it's not, I mean, it's just not exactly like what, you know, standard protocol for that type of thing would be. I mean, I guess, you know, they could all be on safety and and it's not as that dangerous, but generally with firearms, you don't point it at something unless you intend to shoot it. But of course, we know that the law enforcement isn't great about following that rule to a T. So everybody's guns at ready. But what we see as we go through the frame by frame is that his face changes and uh, he's very surprised at the event and he immediately turns his gun off. I see. Okay, that makes sense. So Thistle is going through this and just she's just kind of playing it back and forth. And uh, as she, she like turns around, she looks at it. As she's looking, Odina says, we um, did some digging and we found out that Miko has been put on administrative leave. He currently, <laughs> apparently, um, lives with his sister, Lucia, uh, who uh, lives in the Seder Krupp Enclave in Murray Hill. Um, she is a pretty high up 
corporate intelligence analyst of some kind, but that doesn't seem related. We did send some of our people from the Chaz. Uh, we do have some people who are skilled at this kind of thing uh, to go and get into uh, the Seder Krupp enclave there and to keep an eye out for him uh, just for a number of reasons. Yes, we're curious. Also, maybe for his own safety. Uh, we're just not sure. We just have a lot of questions. And no one has seen him in a couple days. Uh, our hmm. guess right now, uh, and we have some people on this, uh, so maybe we'll know more soon, but our guess right now is that he was either quietly shipped back to Texas or maybe even sent back to the free state. At this moment, we have no reason to believe that anything worse has happened. And frankly, that's not usually how Lone Star deals with these kinds of problems. They are not often in the business of terminating their own employees. But Thistle had a really good idea. And Thistle says, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I think if we can track down this gun, uh, if we can't find Miko, we can probably learn something from the log data on his weapon. But it just, it evaporated. I, I cannot find it. No one on the tech team here can find it. Cardoon couldn't find it. It's, it's probably in some Lone Star armory somewhere. I'm going to guess it's still in the city. They gotta know that it's evidence. They gotta know. So they're going to want to keep it somewhere where someone is watching it. I think if we can get our hands on that, in theory, you know, Lone Star knows what gun Miko was issued. In theory, they should know exactly where it was stored. It probably has GPS on it. We should be able to find it unless they're working really, really hard to hide it. I don't know. So I know this is like really open-ended, but you guys find a gun? We could try. Yeah. I, I, if we can't find Miko, it would be the next best thing, I, I guess. I, I think what we're all assuming here, obviously, is that this isn't a coincidence. There's no way that these gold bands move in this quickly with specialized gear and specialized plans for how they want to attack the Chaz, what doors they want to cut open with laser cutters, etc. at the push of a button, if this is just an accident, right? Yeah, Odin is shaking her head like, no, it is absolutely not a coincidence. Right. Can you use city cameras to track where these gold band people approached from, at what times they were leaving their points of, you know, where they come from, like... For example, you know, where did these two people come in carrying this large laser cutter? Where did, you know, can you track how far, how many blocks away can you track their, their travel from? Does that make sense? Um, so yeah, she, you, when you say that she starts to get an irritated look on her face and she says, I mean, yes and no. Uh, Carnegie Hill has this extremely draconian system for keeping track of its security data. What's one of the few neighborhoods in the city where it all goes through this like central organization and they are just so disorganized that even getting illegal entry into their security system is extremely complicated. So no, we can't see anyone on the approach. This is another thing that we're like, we're trying to figure out, we're trying to get access, but we can't yet. Okay. All right. Well, let us know if you end up with access, but I guess the starting place is this gun. Um, TK, what do you think? Well, if we, if we get our hands on the gun, me and Lash can do some forensics, see what happened, you know, 
every digital act leaves a signature, right? So sure. So, so I know people who know more about these type of data that are kept on these weapons, you know, TK, Thistle, correct me if I'm wrong here, but could you tell the difference between a typical trigger pull by this person and the trigger pull that was? Yeah. I mean, you know, assuming the gun collects that kind of data, it'll be on the gun. Oh yeah. The Lone Star weapons, they are going to be obsessed with collecting all of the data they can about their use. I would guess that they would know the degree deviation that someone has when they're leveling their gun per user. They're going to know how far you swing. They know exactly how you respond to recoil. They probably record the fingerprints of every user. I I bet it's all in there. Hmm. Well, then that could prove very useful. Uh, Odina um, reaches into the spread in the middle uh, and uh, starts to pick up a small piece of what looks like salami Uh, but then stops herself and walks over and um, picks up a donut instead. Uh, And she picks up uh, the death by chocolate donut um, and goes to take a bite and then puts it back down and goes and gets a knife from one of the drawers on the side and cuts it into eighths and then eats one of the (laughs) tiny pieces. Um, And she says, like pauses for a minute There's a little bit of a silence and she kind of says to no one in particular, do we think Vern could help find this item? Maybe. I don't know if he's on great terms with um, Lone Star right now, but I feel like if we're worried about Vern being involved, he shouldn't be our first stop. He does have Lone Star embedded in that office. I wonder if we could take a peek without Vern knowing. Yeah, maybe. Um, And Lux is trying to figure out how to arrange a meeting where ostensibly only he would go to his office, but others would be with him. But then he's wondering if Vern doesn't want anybody in his office right now, and he's thinking through it right now. Oh, by the way, Odina, did you find out what they were doing on the roof to your garden? I spoke with some of our harvest mages about it, um, but I haven't gotten an update. I know that they were attempting to essentially kill the plants that were there. Um, I don't know how it was they were planning on doing it. Um, I think uh, if what I am to understand is correct, uh, they were eventually going to set it on fire. Oh. So whether or not they Mm. were just using a, a flammable solvent of some kind... Um, whether or not it was uh, something more complicated, like a um, Agent Orange type of situation, I, I really I do not know. But thankfully, um, a good portion of it is still healthy to eat. She kind of looks a little bit. She catches herself looking at some of the food in the middle of the table, but <laughs> doesn't look all the way. Um, Lux says, oh, that reminds me. Did you guys end up with any gold bands in the auditorium that you tagged and scanned not a one Hmm. so they just got out of there or they were you know trying to laser open doors or trying to access other parts of the of the chaz while all the um the day players were getting slept on they were unusually disciplined is i think what we're trying to say yeah and they weren't there for a let's go cops rah-rah party. They were there. They were here for a reason. 
Well, Odna, it sounds like we have a gun to go find. We won't share anything with Vern that you don't want us to share. Is there anything that you want to make sure that we do not tell Vern? I believe I've said this to Lux. Um, Nothing. Please don't tell Vern anything. Okay, got it. (laughs) Thank you. She's our secret keeper. Did you know that? (laughs) It's unclear if she's joking. Yeah. Like, she could be telling a joke. Odina is not good at jokes. Uh, (laughs) But, like, you know, she could be trying in this moment to be funny. Mm. But she could also be being very serious. (laughs) Lash takes it seriously. Of course, um, we can pay you for your time. And if there are any resources that you need uh, here at the Chaz, they are available to you within reason. Um, but I don't foresee us saying no to any of your requests. If you don't need anything else, I think I've said everything that I have to say. Viv stands up and gives a little nod. This donut is very good. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, Psycho is actually really... The lady who makes these um, donuts is named Psycho. Um, Psycho's actually very good. I mean, I wish she would share with me how she makes these, but, you know, she's, you know, she says trade secrets and things, but she does give me tips. <sighs> okay. Um, I guess we'll be in touch if we need anything, but um, we we got a gun to find. Uh, and uh, some funds to track and an organizational structure oh. to divine and uh, some communication mm. channels to plumb you would like me to send you a, a bulleted list, I'm more than happy to. Please do, actually. Yeah, that would be good. Before we go play hide and gun seek. Yeah, yeah that would be helpful, you know. Add it to our calendar invite. <laughs> Odina will see you out if you are ready mm-hmm, to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, she will take you out to the front. She'll, you know, she wishes you um, good luck and says that she looks forward to hearing from you again. Um, she says, if we learn anything more, um, I will let you know as soon as we do. Otherwise, uh, please do not hesitate to uh, reach out. Um, I will probably be here during most business hours, uh, but if you do want to drop by uh, the law office, I am uh, there usually in the mornings. So please come by and visit at Morgantown if you would like to meet somewhere that is a little bit more private. Okay. Thanks, Odin. Enjoy the groceries. And the baby's breath. Uh, Odin <laughs> just gives like a sort of uh, very polite smile and nod. <laughs> Okay, you guys are outside the Chaz. Uh, Henley the Bentley is circling. You tell me, what do you want to do next? You have a lot in front of you. Vern has asked you to figure out what the deal with the last line is. Who's giving them money? Who's giving them orders? Uh, who they are? How they became more than just a bunch of weirdos online? Odina is essentially asking the same thing. She wants to know who they are, where they got their money, what their organizational structure is how they make decisions, who's in charge, like how did they develop their tactics, what were their plans for entering the Chaz. And then additionally, she has asked you to track down the gun that they figure out seems to have been responsible for uh, the shooting of uh, the police officer that then led to um, the siege and the riot around the Chaz because it seems like the person who was holding it was surprised that it happened. You have, a, you have a lot out in front of you, including also the list that Lux has both in his brain and hidden under a snake in Gabe's room. <laughs> so how are we going to go about this? I don't really know where to start. Go to the PBA or we go close to there because, you know, the closer you are, the better your signal is. We break in virtually. We mm-hmm. figure out. You know, this gun situation and the guy situation, because, you know, there's data on the gun. Maybe the gun's in the PBA. Maybe it's not. We figure it out. 
figure so out you're saying we need to figure out which gun Miko had, and then we need to figure out whether or not that gun is connected to a system we could get all its data from directly, or at the very least, a location of the gun so that we'd need to break Do a real in heist. Yes, physical heist, different heist. Yes, but first, two words: Matrix heist. <laughs> You are now leaving Fun City. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, you have until March 30th to purchase the first ever Fun City t-shirt designed by the amazing Olivia Gulen. Head on over to cottonbureau.com forward slash people forward slash fun dash city dash ventures or check the link in the show notes. If you want to support the show, get access to bonus one-off episodes, our bi-weekly post episode chat show Fun Chatty and our Discord. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures. And of course, thanks to all of our current patrons for help keeping this ship afloat. Hi, I'm Bijan Steven, and you can find me online at Bijan Steven, B-I-J-A-N-S-T-E-P-H-E-N, on Twitter and Twitch. On Instagram, I'm Bijan Cakes, B-I-J-A-N Cakes. I'm Jen De La Vega. I play Vivian Lakewood, and you can find me online at Randwitches. Hey, this is Nick Gersio. I play Lux Scythe, and you can find me online at N Gersio, G-U-E-R-C-I-O on Instagram and at Nicholas Gersio on Twitter. I'm Shannon O'Dell. I play Lash Goodbog, and you can find me on social media at Shodell, at S-H-O-D-E-L-L. I am Taylor Moore, and I play all the bad guys, I think. Is that how it works? It's not clear. You can follow me online at Taylor.biz. And my name is Mike Rugnetta. I am your GM. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube at Mike Rugnetta. You can find the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Fun City Ventures. This episode of Fun City was recorded at various locations around Brooklyn, New York. It was edited by Sam Grant and produced and sound designed by me, Mike Rugnetta. Pixel Riffs would have called ahead to ask if they needed anything for brunch. Fun City's music is by Sam Tyndall. Our art is by Tess Stone. Our Discord mods are Olivia Gulen, Kelly McHugh, and Kit Polium. And the voice of Artemis is Molly Templeton.